1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 226 of the 77 Club. Harry, <laughs> start with the socials. Hold on, let's just do this first. Oh, look at that bastard. Just, Sorry for the people listening, uh, yeah. Harry oh. has what only can be described as the reddest eye I've ever seen. It is so bloodshot, but it's getting gradually more bloodshot as the week goes on. I think we're going to call it Bank Holiday Weekend Eye. Um, <laughs> we won't explain. Actually, it's, it's more interesting if we don't tell you, tell you how you did it. Um, but you can uh, speculate on Twitter. Um, start with the socials. Yeah, uh, the Twitter is at 77 Club Podcast, the Wolf 77 Club everywhere else. Just follow Facebook, it pops off these days. As, as I say, Instagram's terrible. And please rate us five stars on Spotify. We really like it when you do. Cheers. Uh, Jack Williams is here. He heard dropping his mic on the floor and smashing his flat to pieces. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, Harry, m- safety is mathematically there. Um, one nil win over Villa, pretty much for me, all but secured it. And then the results, uh, the rest of the weekend's games uh, went our way. And it's now a, a 10 point difference with nine to play for. So it's happy days. 
It is, and uh, it might be part of the reason why I've got a red bloodshot eye because I was celebrating after the game. Um, I'm going into it, as people listening to this podcast know, we were all a bit down in the dumps, weren't we? Oh my God, anyone yeah. getting feedback there? Oh, sorry, yeah, no, we were a bit down in the dumps. I said 4 0 Villa. I was really like uncomfortable, but we had to get a response, and we did, and we were solid. We defended. Just unrecognisable to the Brighton game. Our defence was solid as a rock. Obviously, rode our luck a bit, took our chance when it came, and it was an amazing three points against Villa. And we always seem to do well against Villa at Molyneux, so we should have seen it coming, really. <laughs> uh, Jack, Toti Gomez pops up with a fantastic header, a brilliant header. I don't think anybody, anybody including us, expects him to start the game. He did. Um, rose like a salmon for the corner, um, and in off the bar it goes. Yeah, really good. I mean, when he has come in and and got into that sort of left back role, he's he's done really well. Really, I know that a lot of uh, people, including probably us on here, have said we prefer a more attacking option. But after you get absolutely done six nil in the last game, you have to sort of rethink things, don't you, and go a bit more defensive. And football is a funny old game because after that display at Brighton, you know, the week before when we we were just awful, the worst I've probably seen us play. In, in a very long time, if not ever. I honestly didn't think we'd have a chance, really. If you look at Villa's form, you know, since Emre's taken over, they've been absolutely flying. He's probably the, the manager of the season post-World Cup in, in the position he's got them into. Starting to talk about European football and coming to a team that's just lost 6-0, and we keep a clean sheet somehow. It's just it's just a mad game, really. Anyone see us keeping a clean sheet after that absolute just shocking display at Brighton would need their head head looking at but it's just it's just strange how it how it goes and how it works really players who players did really well defensively I mean lots of questions about Jose Sarr pulled off an absolutely incredible save in that first half um the game I think we started quite quite cautiously really I don't think I think I said to you Sam I don't think we touched the ball for about the first no, four and a half minutes and after that I was really really worried but then you know we get a set piece up, up jumps Toti 1-0 the pressure's on Villa and although they did create chances, like thinking back, probably the Tyrone Mings one is the one that was the funniest and closest where he really should have, you know, should have uh, equalised really, but he skied it over the bar. Didn't They didn't create that much. They weren't completely battering us, I don't think. So, you know, done really well. And I think we are a bit of a bogey team, like Harry said, particularly at Molyneux, is the Villa fans really do hate coming here. Um, and, you know, it's just quite funny because that's ultimately the win as well, which is you know, dented their European chances. It's a shame Brighton didn't didn't win because that would have uh, really not helped them at all. Um, but, and, you know, in, in turn, it secured our survival. Um, but yeah, they weren't very happy leaving the ground. They were all singing that they're all going on a European tour. And you just kind of thinking when they're singing that, like, are oh, yeah, you, though? If you, if, you can't, if you can't score against a team that's just letting six, do you think that's really <laughs> going to happen? Um, so, you know, it might still do, but... You know, great response. And we, you know, I thought we might have to get a response and luckily we did. And it's a good three points to pick up and we can start thinking about next season now, but not so much about next season that we get battered 6 nil again on Saturday. I don't want that to creep into our game. Um, Harry, we were talking about the referee during the game who I thought had a shocking, shocking day at the office. Um, Jack turned to me and said that he thinks the referee is a Villa fan. I was like, I know the way that he's refereeing this match. He's like, no, 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 he's a Villa fan. And I did check it and he's actually a Luton fan. Um, so Jack, you're thinking of Andre Mariner. So uh, oh, He is from Birmingham though, isn't he, Atwell? I think. Is he from? Yeah, he's from, from Nuneaton. Okay. So, so. He, was, he was just shit 
Yeah, either way, he had a really... He was very, very whistle-happy, wasn't he? As soon as someone went down, slightest of touch, foul, 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 foul. Yeah, really bad performance from him. He didn't let the game flow for much for me at all. Might have worked in our favour a little bit, but it was frustrating when we were nicking the ball off him and he was giving like the slightest little noxious fouls. But yeah, um, apart from the referee, though, you can't complain, can you, on the day? Costa and Cunha, man, what did I say? Against Brighton, they didn't play them two together. They bring them back together and look how good we were. Totti Gomez left back in for Bueno. Outstanding goal. Really good performance. Martin's put in the comments, he's nutmeg on Buendia. He's bringing out the skills. <laughs> he did that really good bit when he dragged down, I think it was Bailey for them and got a booking for it. Like really good, yeah. really good foul. That was like very good tactically. Well done. And he's been brilliant. He's been one of like the unsung heroes, really. Everyone's like he's coming at centre back. He had that really good performance away at Anfield in the FA Cup where he should have got his goal. He got his first goal for Wolves against Villa. And he's becoming a bit of a bit of a, like a little fa- fan favourite, any. But there was a lot of good performances on the day. Um, very solid. And on another day, we probably would have conceded. I thought Watkins should have scored. Saar pulled off that an incredible save first half for Buen- against Buendia and I wanted Saar to be dropped for this game so it's weird with him because he'll have a howler and then he'll have like a man of the match contender it's all it's just the way Saar plays he needs to be more consistent but yeah really good performance and although it was 1-0 and cagey I kind of felt sa- safe throughout the game as well which is a bit probably a bit weird to say um, Another great performance from Diego Costa Jack, he seems to be fitting in nicely. He is the player of the month for Wolves for the month of April. Um, so picking up where he left off in in that sense, um, by the Brighton game. Um, do you think it, it warrants that new deal? I know we were talking about it previously and there's going to be even more chat over the coming months of, of who's going to come and who's going to more importantly go. Um, uh, if you ask me now, I, I, yeah, probably with the last performances, I kind of want him to stay. I don't think he's going to, though. All the whispers sort of coming out are that probably Jimenez, Costa will both leave and may probably a few others as well, like uh, Matinho. Obviously, we know the Nevers situation is going to be a, a difficult one, but most likely he's going to go this time. So it's going to be a bit of bit of rebuilding going on. But as Harry said, Lamina and Costa up front seem to be having a nice little understanding going on. And it is we do just seem a lot better when they both start. On... Um, Atwell, the ref, the one that really sticks in my head is, which was just just ridiculous, probably because of where we sit, is when we were breaking away down the left-hand side and Neto and Young sort of uh, came together and we think, well, hang on, Ashley Young is basically Ashley Old now, and he, so Neto should have the beating of him. And and basically what, uh, what Young did was just grab Neto, then threw himself to the floor and look for the foul and the ref just bought it straight away and there was there was... I don't think it was any contact really from Neto. There was no need for that to be a foul. It was ridiculous. And if if he'd let it play on, Neto was in and it was, it was an incredible chance, but he absolutely bought that just because he was, like Harry said, blowing for absolutely everything. And it was getting a bit, mm. bit ridiculous at some point. So I think that was a... Ne- How good was Neto? Like, I thought he played really well. That one when he chased it across the box and cheered when he did the block. That I thought yeah. was really good. Yeah. Uh, just as well, Jack, you said... Um, you said Costa and Lamina. You meant Costa and Cunha. Sorry, Costa and, Costa and Cunha. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, both, um, both January signings. My only negative performance-wise at the starting eleven for me was Nunes. He frustrated the life out of me on the right. <sighs> Again, he made a few good passes, a few good diagonals out to Neto, but he's some of his God. He just kept giving it away. And I don't know with him. Another one who's inconsistent. Um, Tot and cold, and he. 
One of the players that we haven't mentioned who I thought was outstanding again and, and has been since he came in, a rock at the back, is Craig Dawson. Harry, you pulled out uh, Garth Crook's team of the week. Uh, he had Dawson in his. Uh, I just want to read you a little bit about what Garth Crook said about Craig Dawson. He said, last week, Wolves played Brighton with Thrash Six and then they looked like their minds were anywhere but on their jobs. The best thing that could have happened to them in order to focus the mind was to was the prospect of another humiliation, but this time at the hands of one of their rivals, Aston Villa. Dawson, who has been their player of the season for me, I would agree with that, was outstanding and provided the stimulus for an impressive victory. Lopetegui has done a brilliant job since his arrival at Molyneux. His players have only really let him down once, and that was at Brighton. The problem for Wolves is, can they keep him? Lopetegui is a first-class manager, and I can think of a number of clubs who would benefit from his services. Spurs and Chelsea are just two. Typical um, getting a Wolves player in, in the team of the week, and then you spend half of the time when you're meant to be talking about a player, talking about the manager of that team going elsewhere. Uh, firstly, address those um, I wouldn't call them rumours, but the suggestion that Lopetegui could go to somewhere like Spurs and Chelsea, but also would he want to? Well, I don't, I'm, I'm guessing he'd probably want to, but hopefully he don't want to soon. Um, it's just a, like you say, typical, it's a BBC pundit stirring the pot, getting a reaction, which he knew it would get. We've picked it up, I'm sure other Wolves fans have. But his point on Craig Dawson being player of the season, even though he's coming in January, him or Lamina could be a contender with Neves, couldn't they? Well, no, we're going to get onto it later, but I agree with that. Lopetegui is a class manager, but like we've said, he's also made mistakes. He's not perfect, but he's got a great pedigree, hasn't he? He's got a great CV. Probably failed a few times at like Spain, Real Madrid, did well at Sevilla, but hopefully he wants to stay with us. He's done an amazing job. He said it's the biggest like achievement of his career, which is crazy, really, and I thought winning the Europa League would be, but yeah, Controversial comments, but I don't think he'll be going to Spurs anytime soon, hopefully. Jack, is it a, the biggest achievement of his career? I mean, you know, the, the Spain job um, came and went. Uh, you know, they, they, they qualified for the World Cup in 2018. I don't think they lost the game. They won nine, drew one. Uh, he was sacked just as that tournament was kicking off in Russia because it was announced that he would become the Real Madrid manager. He'd gone from Real Madrid by the time October came around. Uh, and then obviously did quite well at Sevilla, has played against Wolves in the Europa League, still feels weird to say that, um, and, and won that tournament. But in terms of an achievement, this is a huge achievement, isn't it? He's come in and in 20 games managed 30 points. Yeah, exactly. When you think that where we were under Large, and obviously with the caretaker manager in between and having 10 points at Christmas, I know people keep saying it's not the same as normal Christmas because the World Cup meant you hadn't played as many games, but putting 30 points on us and us being safe with three games to go is a hell of an achievement, really, because we were really in, in danger. When you look at the table, you know, we were, we were what, four points off four safety, points, I think, when he yeah. took over. From Everton, who we then, for his first game in charge, at Goodison. And from that position to safe within... You, three games to go is, is an incredible achievement. Obviously, it's a big achievement winning Europa League that year that we were really knocking out us, then Man United and going on to win the thing is is a big achievement. But yeah, it has to be. When, you, when you'll when come in, it's obviously easier to manage a team. Um, I will say probably easier to manage a team in Spain as well if you've got good players because you're going to probably do quite well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the bottom half of the Liga is probably the same standard as the bottom half of the Premier League. Some people might disagree with that. Um so I think coming in and only having a very short time to make your mark, I think the World Cup helped a lot because he had a bit of time with the squad. 
obviously able to bring a few players in and make the difference. But yeah, to, to put on 30 points onto a team that's only had 10 when you take over and, and keep them up what will look like comfortably, we'll probably finish, you know, 13th, something like that, is a really big achievement. And what it does is make you excited for next season because when he has more time, they've got to back him. They've got to continue to back him. We know that players are going to leave, but they've also got to replace him with quality that comes in and he's got to have the time to do that. I mean... As you say, it's not been perfect, but it was never going to be perfect when you're taking over, a, you know, a team that was so so poor under large, to be honest, and just not scoring anything at all. And to be able to change that with the res- with the Brighton uh, result taken out of it to a team that's very very solid at home, that's ultimately what's kept us up, isn't it? The home form is, is what's kept us up this season. And Nine wins. Hopefully, we can expand on that on that next time because we've had home wins and clean sheets and. That's all you need to keep you up, really. If you're a team that's just come up for the championship, what you need to do is be hard to beat at home and it can just keep you up, even with limited away points, as, as we've seen before in the past. And that's kind of what's happened here. Uh, man of the match, Harry? Uh, I know I've said, I said on my post-match reaction, I did instantly. I did say Toti Gomez because of his goal and his performance. But I think the, another shout was probably going to be Lamina. He was absolutely everywhere. So I'm, I'm going to change my mind for what I said instantly after the game. I'm going to say Lamina. Jack? I was going to say Lamina as well. And I know I just got him mixed up with Kuna, but uh, yeah, Lamina was brilliant. It's, it's either Lamina or Dawson in it, I think, personally. And, and it's probably a bit harsh on Totti because his header was superb. It's exactly where you want to put a header. And actually thinking about that, the funny thing with that was uh, that set piece, and they did it a few times, actually, the Villa players, is their mission was just grab Dawson, whatever you do. Whatever you do, just just grab him and throw him to the ground. And the ref was watching them, and they kind of went to sleep on on Toti a little bit. Mm. There's time in the second half actually when Dawson was defending, and it was it was a foul all day long, but it's not going to get given. Is he was trying to mark his man, and one of the Villa players, another player, just came in as soon as the whistle went to take it and just grabbed Dawson and let so the player he lost his man, which is quite quite dark defending, but he's not going to get a, a, a thing. So Villa knew it was a threat basically, but. In a defensive capacity, Dawson was brilliant. So I will shout out for Dawson because it's either Dawson or Lamina. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree, but that's just because I love him. Um, I thought it was a bit harsh, the the song coming from the South Bank, Harry, about Dawson saying he used to be shy, but now he's all right. But I suppose given, <laughs> given his background <laughs> with nine years at Albion, um, it, it's yeah. probably actually quite tame. Mm-hmm. Let's have a look at um, Manchester United away. We'll talk about how great our home form is. Uh, let's talk about how awful our away form is. <laughs> Two away wins all season, Harry. One of those is against Southampton, the other is against Everton. So um, two teams really, really in the mix uh, for relegation. Uh, mm. Southampton all but down. How do you approach this one? I mean, I've seen a little bit of, of uh, back and forth on Twitter saying this is a really good opportunity to maybe say goodbye to some of the players who won't be here, who've been along for the ride throughout. We're safe. It doesn't really matter. Then on the flip side, you know, we talked about last week, each place in the Premier League is worth a couple of million quid. You can eat into a decent, fairly decent chunk of your wage bill um, by finishing 13th over 17th. Yeah, I I personally would like to see a very similar starting lineup, a 4-4-2, Costa and Cunha up front. No funny business playing Neto up there with someone. Just go for it, man. We're safe now. Don't try and be tactically clever. Just do what you've been doing. Go at them and try and win the game. You know, Old Old Trafford, I know it's not as special as it used to be going there, but it's still a, a good away day for Wolves fans. It's a game to get excited about. They've still got something to play for. It'd be really nice to spoil their party a bit because we all like Man United fans, let's be honest. So mm-hmm. we've got that incentive. A few players who, I don't know, if Traore comes off the bench, maybe he want to put himself 
in the window for some free agent clubs to <laughs> to get him. But yeah, I, I'd be disappointed if he did change it a lot and did, I don't know, play Raul all of a sudden or something. I don't know, pedants because they've been moaning on social media, which I know we'll get onto. But I'd like to see a four four two very similar to what played against Villa because I think those players deserve to start the game again for how well they played. Chat, would you agree with that? No, no real room for sentiment. Maybe even try something a little bit different. No, I think we've looked best when we've played the formation that we played the other day, really, with the personnel that we played in in recent times and sentiment. N- not really. I mean, m- maybe if it ends up that the away game at Arsenal is a nothing game for both teams, which I think it will be by the time it comes to it. To be honest, then you know maybe you give players like Martinho five minutes at the end. Um, Jimenez is so far away from the team that I, I don't, I can't see that happening. Really, I mean, just because it's his, potentially his last game, bringing him in like that if he's so far off the pace, I don't think is acceptable. And like you say, we need to be trying our best now to finish as high as we can above, above this pack because it does uh, means a few extra, extra quid flying around for the the whatever it is the transfer kitty in the summer potentially or wages at least. So um, no, just let's. It, it's really important to build form particularly around players I think who are probably going to be here next year so you could maybe prioritize the players who are going to be here next year to give them next time to give them extra time but I want to see us try and build and take good form from the end of this season into next season because we've seen in the past it works for some teams and Harry it's not a dead rubber is it I mean Manchester United have got it all to play for in terms of the top four I mean Liverpool have um, sort of quietly come out of nowhere and are pushing them what will probably be all the way Manchester United do have a game in hand and they're a point ahead. So, I mean, they will be up for it, won't they? You're on mute, You're on mute mate. I feel like a work, it's like a work call. I'm so sorry about that. That's very uh, terrible by me. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely uh, agree. And I think there's a little bit of pressure on United as well to get the win. And with us being having no pressure, that could work to our advantage, I hope. Man United away is never a dead rubber, is it? I know we've been in the Premier League a few years now and the novelty of going to Old Trafford's worn off slightly, like I've said. But still, the players have got to be up for it, surely. Stepping on, into that ground, they've got to be up for it to try and Comple- get the win. I completely agree because whenever I, I'm around Jack's house and we've we've had a night out and it gets to maybe like 4am, Harry uh, Jack will religiously watch that Manchester United vlog from that first season <laughs> back in the Premier League. He, 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 he loves that vlog <laughs> with the Matinho goal 1-1. That would mental, was, was, yeah. was that the one where you met Mark Goldbridge? Met Mark Goldbridge, yeah. met Gary Neville, Wes Brown. <laughs> Bloody hell, it was a mad day, wasn't it? That was quality. <laughs> <laughs> then got charged 80 quid by the year on the way back for having a curry fright in the back oh yeah <laughs> it was a curry Good fight time. it wasn't Good intentional time, it just, just <laughs> and, and asked the waitress for a number in the uh, hotel bar she was 14 that's true that <laughs> was a good, good days good days <laughs> look at him uh, squirming unbelievable uh, let's do a score prediction Jack 2-0 uh, defeat <laughs> to be honest nice <laughs> uh, Harry I'm going to go for 1-1, one, one. Matinho to come off the bench and do the exactly the same finish he's done the last few times there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, let's get your latest betting odds and ticket news. Do you want me to start, Jack? Um, Yeah. Well, as you can imagine, we are massive, massive underdogs for this game. 7-1 to one for a Wolves win. Whew. They did not wow. fancy us. Seven four, to one. Seven to one just for Wolves to win. Four to one for the draw. Man United are four to eleven on. So yeah, we are big, big underdogs. Yeah. Marcus Rashford just to scores evens. So don't fancy him. <laughs> Ruman Nevis a score from outside the air has been boosted to nine to one on Skybet. 
if you fancy that. Correct scores. Um, 1-1, which I just said is 8-1. to one, So pretty tasty. 2-0 United is 6-1. to 2-0 Wolves is 40-1. to 40-1 wow. <laughs> for context is usually what like 4-1 is if we're not underdog. So that's a massive odds. 4-1 Wolves, 150-1. to one. Get a pound on it. <laughs> but yes, as as I say, very, very big underdogs. But Neves 1 is interesting because I think he's been getting closer and closer with some of those free kicks. So... Uh, might be worth mm. a cheeky punt on that one. Um, Jack has some ticket news, and then we're going to talk about the main ticket news. Yeah, I mean, there's very little ticket news in in respect of the normal ticket news because the only games we've got left are Everton, which is sold out, Man United, which is sold out, Arsenal, which is very slowly worked its way uh, down the points, but will sell out quite soon, uh, probably early next week. But the big news of the day in terms of tickets is that people have started getting their renewal price emails uh, for season tickets. And as always, people expect a price increase, particularly with the way it's gone in recent years. And there's probably, I would say it's been mixed feelings about it so far. And obviously I'll bring you guys in on that is for us, I think the price increase on last year is about 6%. It's gone up to £625 uh, behind the goals, which is probably not as bad as we feared, to be honest, with inflation being so high and these sort of things. I think the issue that you have is when you start to look at the price increases over the course of a few years, I think if you look at the prices what they were in 2019, I think most people's tickets have gone up by about 40% from 2019. It's more like 50 or 60% from 2017, which is quite an increase. And also some fans seem to be getting shafted a little bit more. Those particularly who sit in the Billy Wright Upper, because they properly changed the uh, price increase for the Billy Wright upper tickets last time. They changed them so there was like an outer wing bracket and then a central bracket. And the prices in the centre got put up considerably. And they've kind of gone up quite a lot again, I think. So they're the people who've, who've really had the increase. I think it was a friend of the podcast, Tom Rouse, who said that basically his ticket price since I think it would be 2018 has pretty much doubled, doubled in those yeah. years. Not wow. far off doubled. So I think, it is it 800 and something quid now to sit in the It's 833 quid now in his season ticket in the Billy Wright upper. And I think he said in 2017, he paid like 449. Yeah. So he's near enough, he's basically doubled, yeah. Since that that's, that, that's the thing. I think when these percentage increases start to pile up, we knew that there was going to be price increases when we went into the Premier League. But with the cost of living price crisis in Wolverhampton, Lots of clubs have frozen, you know, uh, frozen prices. I think, you know, Premier League clubs you've seen have done it. Mm -hmm. So, was there a little bit of room to do that for Wolves in what really means nothing to the club? You know, 6% to Wolves on, on season ticket sales is nothing, but it's quite a lot to the average person. That said, overall, I think it could have been worse and is not too bad. And I think most of us will be renewing, but I'll bring you to it on your thoughts. What do you think, Harry? I mean, we've we've used Tom as an example there, but that would have been a championship ticket. It's important to say. Mm. Obviously, we, we did win the competition, but I mean, we're down there long enough. Um, this does seem like a, a a lot of money to spend. But what do you think? Um, I'm I'm fine with it personally. It works out about thirty three pound a game for us, doesn't it? Behind the yep. goals. The Steve Bullupper, I think they're 720, I don't know, for the year. And that's an horrendous stand. I can't believe they have to pay that. So that's like 38 quid a game. When you look at it like that, it ain't too bad, really, for Premier League football. There's the argument. I think one of you lot was saying, was it on WhatsApp? Um, we've gone up to the Prem, come seventh, and every year we've dropped down. Like we've gone seventh, seventh, mid table, lower half, just survive relegation. So we're like, our prices are going up. 
but our performances in the league, are not, you know, are not, are not going up, they're going down. So, But as you say, cost of living's going up, everything's going up, they're spending a lot of money in the transfer market. So it's going to be one of them. There's going to be a lot of fans that are fine with it and there's going to be a lot of fans that are unhappy. Tom Rouse, for example, who's 833 quid in the bid right up, I think he was pretty much saying to me that he's not going to renew because of that price. And I don't blame him, to be honest. But I did say to him, he did get to see Scott Sellers' whiteboard um, you know, in person, so I said it's worth the money just to see things like that. So, but it's what you, what you want to do, isn't it? Uh, I think I the think worst deal is probably playing seven hundred odd quid to sit in the Steve yeah. Ball, though. To be honest, yeah, I mean, like outrageous. you haven't got any, you haven't got any leg room. No. Uh, it's a pain to get in and out of. Like you're always queuing to, get, you know, it's it's, it's mm-hmm. a shambles. You can't get a drink at half time. If you're if you're going by one entrance up, uh, what would be J nine, you have to walk all the way down the stand to J one to get into your seat so i think that's the probably the worst deal i mean obviously the billy wright they're trying to like make it the premium stand now aren't they so it is just because uh, it is it is the best view uh so you, you can't really whinge at that but i think behind the goals overall it's for us it's not too bad really for premier league football um you know i know you can't really compare us to teams like fulham but because it's it's the london tax isn't it but um it, it, yeah it could have been worse but but not too bad what, you say Fulham, isn't their most expensive season tickets in like three grand? It's definitely well into the four really? figures, yeah. Is that in yeah. a box? <laughs> no, that's just in the new stand they've built, I think. Ridiculous, isn't it? It's outrageous. Um, outrageous. But then, you know, if you spend 200 million quid in a transfer window, you know, it needs to come from somewhere, doesn't it? I, I think Aaron made the point on the group saying uh, for the St. Louis... FC is what was it 1700 with a year yeah and that, that's 17 well, that's yeah. MLS in it mm. yeah it's not even a great different model in it um <laughs> I mean I take it everybody here is going to renew yeah I think Bayless said maybe or maybe not considering Bayless is probably the <laughs> Yeah, considering Bayless is the most well-off, if it's even putting him off because he can't afford it, then I think we're, we're struggling, aren't we? <laughs> I think it's more. I think it's more because he doesn't go. To be honest with you, <laughs> he yeah, pays. True. He pays about two hundred pound a game on average for a season. So. <laughs> isn't he? Isn't he a season ticket holder at Lords or something? He was saying that just pre- that just uh, that's just yeah. a sentence that sums up Bayless <laughs> in a nutshell, doesn't it? I am a season ticket holder at Lords Cricket Ground in London. That's it. Yeah, and you that's get all to you wear need to know about Bayless. A lovely suit that makes you look like you're selling ice cream. Um, let's move on to some transfer rumours. I mean, the big one is Ansu Fati from uh, Barcelona. There were rumours going around, Harry, that it could be £30 million plus Ruben Neves. Sorry, my signal went. Um, oh. <laughs> that deal's horrible. Oh. No, you're still here. Don't worry. I think Harry was oh, going to say that deal's, that deal's horrific. It's a joke. To yeah, be you go, Jack. You <laughs> go. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll paraphrase for him, for him there. So, yeah, we. I, I just don't, if if Neves goes, I know we said we don't want him to go to any UK team, but we also don't want him to go to Barcelona because just historically they just shaft us and they've actually got no cash. So yeah. you know, you know, if we're going to sell Neves, we need to actually cash in. Is there one year left in his contract though, which probably won't help if there's only one year left um, rather than a long term one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see what we can get, but I suppose I'd take Barcelona over any Premier League team to be honest, even if we get shafted because. You know, well, it's unlikely we're sorry, going to I'm, get into Europe and he's going to score against us. I'm back. I, I, a few days later, they did like kind of write off that rumour, they didn't they? Barcelona's someone in Barcelona, yeah. someone linked with the club, were like, yeah, Chavi. we don't want Nevers. He can't defend, I think Chavi. the quotes were. Chavi, apparently, defend. yeah. Jesus Christ. 
It's a bit of a weird one because Bushgets is leaving, isn't he? Um, is announced today, so I guess that uh, defensive argument makes a little bit more sense as they're going to want more of a, a like-for-like replacement. But mm. the, the whole point in Barcelona is that all the youth teams play the same, and there'll be people, you know, coming up through the ranks, and you know, even Real Madrid and uh, who are classically Galacticos splashing the cash that don't even compete with, you know, the likes of Man City, Chelsea anymore. If it ain't Barcelona, he's going. You've seen his quotes after the Villa game when he spoke to WM. He said, yeah. look, I love the club. I'm a big fan. When I go, I'll be number one fan. I'll probably come back in the future. Same sort of quotes we've heard before. So all we know is he is going 100%. There's going to be offers. This one's going to get accepted with his contract running down as we've known, but great servant and uh, he's still putting in his effort. Other rumours, I got a bit excited about Lucas Mora. Did, did you see that link? Mm, yeah, Only because yeah. of that hat-trick he scored for Spurs in the Champions League about five years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know what he's like now. He might be absolutely shot to bits, but there's a few links in there. Giorcares, is it? For this, this Coventry. Coventry yeah. yeah, but they might yeah. come up, so he might not come. That's the thing, actually. It probably just depend a lot on, on getting that lad from Coventry about how they do in the playoffs, really. Uh, we were talking about this the other day in the group, weren't we? So it's Luton, Coventry, Sunderland, and who's the other one? Middlesbrough. It's not Albion. Didn't Albion get in? No, no. Albion no. didn't get in, no. Neither did oh, Millwall. And Luke Kundal scored for Swansea as well. To yeah, Al- Albion have been real trouble now. They've got, that's their financial um, ruin started, I think. Talking of... Um, sorry to just go left field. We'll go back to the playoffs talk in a minute. Did, talking of Albion, did anyone see that? He's, I say famous. He's off TikTok called Tom Garrett when he snapped his arm in an arm wrestle. Did anyone see that? Yeah. Yes, he did actually see that. Oh my god! Uh, oh, oh. He's an Albion fan. So I didn't feel that. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say what? Yeah. Is that? <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> I didn't feel that sorry for him. Um, but yeah, I've never broke a bone. Touch wood of any of you because that was a bad one. No, I don't think so. I think you might have broken your eye, though. I think you should get that checked oh, out. Look, but... look at that. Would you rather have a broken humerus or an eye like the devil? So you got to ask yourself. What, what <laughs> happens when Harry walks into a wall with a full erection? Break my nose. I break my nose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, um, I want Coventry to come up. But yeah, I, I would say Coventry as well, but we won't get Gorka as well, his name is then, will we? No, no, very good point. And, and to be fair, actually, over the last couple of seasons goal scorers who've been quite prolific in the championship have got have kicked on and, and done quite well um you know the tonys and the watkins etc mm. um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, pedence and raul apparently aren't happy we know raul isn't happy because he hasn't been a match day squad since march um but pedence i think thought he was playing and then he wasn't playing and then he posted on instagram i mean it's one of them where people are speculating, saying, did he mean what it looked like he meant? So we put a picture on of him and then a picture of him with two brothers, I think, or family members. And the caption was something along the lines of, I'm the, you know, what of, we came here thinking I was going to play. And then a relative of his put, laugh, laugh, you know, laughing out loud, the top scorer can't get on the pitch. And then Raul Jimenez put in the comments, laughing faces. So it's a bit like they're unhappy with Lapategui, aren't they? They can't get into the squad. They can't get into the starting team. And, it's just not good to see, is it? So, like, well, how many times have we said in this podcast, if you're a professional footballer, why do you even have social media and post yourself? Like, things like that, definitely. Raul's a goner. And him putting laughing faces on that just winds up the fans even more, especially after what his missus put the other week. Mm-hmm. Pedence putting that and his family commenting. Look, I respect that Pedence thinks he's amazing and thinks he should be starting and he may have an argument with his goals, but let's be honest, he's been, he, he might score the odd goal, but some of his performances have been horrendous. So... You can't moan that he's not in the team, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think it's more without his goals, where would we be? Because we probably wouldn't even True. have those 10, 10 points we had to start with um, before Lopetegui came in. To be honest, though, I didn't really understand this when you put it on the group, but it's it's all Instagram comments. So I, I don't really didn't really get it. So I think Harry's your head of social media, Harry, so you're best to comment on this. But uh, it was probably mm. something or nothing or maybe lost in translation a little bit as well, which didn't help. But I, I don't really understand what was going on. Well, then Martin Webb's putting in the comments, look, he was on about his mate. See, what I mean, people got we were like, if it wasn't what we think it is, but then still, why? Like his brother making. The why is Ralph putting the laughing? Yeah, and he's put his brother's made the stupid comment. But why is he even his brother making comments on his public Instagram post? It's just not good, is it? You'd say to your family, look, simmer down. It's a bit like with the Cody thing, yeah. beginning of the season when Cody got the winner, and the, like his family members were going ha ha like to Wolves because Wolves lost and Cody got the winner for Everton. Just never ends well, does it? When family members or the player themselves post something to like goad the fans of the club they pay for. It just never ends well at all. No. Stay off it. What's happened to Cody anyway? I haven't heard his name in a while. Who? Who? <laughs> oh, that bloke who can't defend that we had for seven years. I don't know. No, joking. <laughs> well, uh, I think if they go down, we'll have him back, won't we? And he can just um, be in the ticket office or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't think he's going to take Dawson's place? Absolutely executed. That was a <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, Harry, I believe, has a quiz. I'll pass you on to Harry. I do. Hold on. Yeah, so the quiz this week, fairly simple. Um, it's Wolves and Man United players. Oh. So they, what I will say is there is a lot, but a lot of them are from back in the day before our time. So I've picked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players from like our kind of era. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go between you and Jack and try and get the seven. So Sam, go first. If you get it wrong, pass to Jack. If you're really struggling, I'll give clues. And at the end, there is a little bit of a Brucey bonus round Ooh. where there's three players that played for, come up for the Man United Youth Academy but didn't make a senior appearance for Man United but played for Wolves as well. So let's see how you do in the first section first. Wow. So someone who's played for Man United and Wolves senior appearances. Uh, Darren, Darren Gibson. Oh, oh my God. Well. Do you know what? It's not you know on your what? list. It's correct, but he's not on my list. So there is eight. Well done. You've got the first one. I'll just cross that one off. I think that'll be because he was only on loan at ours. Ours when he didn't actually, yeah, he was wasn't actually signed to Wolves. I think that counts though. I think that counts. So yeah, um, I'll give you that. Brilliant shout. I was going to say uh, Borthwick Jackson. Cameron Brilliant. Borthwick Jackson. Cameron Borthwick Jackson. That's two. Six to go. Is Dennis Irwin oh. early? Is it? Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. Dennis Irwin. I'm going to just quickly go to the comments. Mark Rose has got one, which I don't think you two would have got. Darren Ferguson, the son Very of good. the famous Sir Alex, did. Ins- uh, so got Paul Ince is going to be block Mark because he's ruined it for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Ince, Dennis just Irwin. Go on private chat. It's fine. We can't see it. Yeah, yeah you've got. Yeah. So you've got two more to get. You've got a goalkeeper and a midfielder to get. Thomas Kushak. Wow, great shout, Sam. That's the goalkeeper. One more midfielder. This one is a tough one. Midfielder? Oh, you've got another uh, one as well. You have got another one in the comments. Just reminded me. <laughs> did, did, did Darren Anderson play for Man United? No. No. No? Uh, Spurs. You've got a striker as well. Sorry, an obvious one that we haven't said. Oh, is it my go? No, it's Jack's go, isn't it? An obvious striker. I'm going for Paul Ince. You have said, said that. Ince. We've had you got that right already, yeah. Striker. striker. Who's played for us at Man United? Oh, come on, lads. Oh, Ebanks Blake. Ebanks Blake, yeah. 
He started off at United. He made appearances Did for Galico. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wikipedia. Wow. Yeah. I, I just think Plymouth um, straight away. So you've got one more midfielder to get. I'll give you a clue because it's quite tough and it's quite a rogue one. I had no idea he started off at United and played a few games. Midfielder under McCarthy. Um, just try and name some maybe because if I give you some clues, you might. Uh, just midfielder under McCarthy. Um, scored a really like really good free kick against Stoke the one game. Oh, D- Dave Jones. Dave David Jones. Jones, yeah. Mad one, that. I never knew he was at United, did you? No, but it rings a bell now, actually. But no, I wouldn't. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, Darren Gibson, Sam. I don't know. That wouldn't even, like, I didn't even think of that. So that was a great one. There's a few players here in the youth. So they started off at United in the youth, but they never got, like, a senior appearance in like, the League Cup, the FA Cup, the League. Um, one was a left back, very old. We've had him in the quiz before. He'd come to Wolves when he was old, little blonde thing. Oh, uh, Michael, Michael Gray. Gray. Michael Gray started off in the Man United youth. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Another cool. one, a striker. Um, he was American. Scored a will. Jamal Johnson. Jamal Johnson. Really? In Ameri- was in the Man yeah. United youth. Yeah, oh, wow. crazy. And another one now, this is a bit of a flip reverse it, was at Spurs, was at Wolves, and now he's currently a player coach in the Man United under-21 setup. This is a weird one. Can you think of it is? Played for Wolves on loan, scored away at Derby. He was a good midfielder for Spurs. I'm trying to think who else he played for. Ricky. He played for England. He played for England. Now a midfielder. Like centre midfielder, big lad. Oh, Huddleston. Yes, Tom Huddleston. Oh, God, yeah, He's now a, like a player yeah. slash coach for the Man United under 21. So I found that wow. interesting. But you threw me off at Gibson. It's not like a player, not to make my list, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like me to forget. Well, Richard got it as well. Richard got so uh, NF two two oh four. But Scott McGarrafy, that could be right. There was loads of players when I did the research who I had no clue who they were. So there's loads of players from like the sixties, seventies, eighties, maybe even early nineties that have played for both Man United and Wolves. But yeah, no, excellent quiz. Very really enjoyed that. Um, best mm. of luck if you're going up to Old Trafford at the weekend. Do enjoy. We'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Okay, just, just one more. Oh, one more. With the eye. <laughs> Make sure it recovers. Look at that. If, if I come back with an eye patch next week, you know I've lost my eye. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But cheers. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to the podcast, it's worth going to find the YouTube video. Just look at Harry's eye. And yeah. it's a goodbye from Jack Williams. Cheers, everybody. Bye bye. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Bloody red eye. <laughs> Pink eye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.